Welcome, everybody. We are at Spirituality Adventures. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. We are doing part two with Jamie Boyle. He's the CEO of Welcome House. And last session, we got his story. And this session, we're diving into uh, some of the programming of Welcome House and particularly spirituality as it relates to recovery. So thank you, Jamie, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Enjoy hearing your story. Very, (laughs) very interesting. And thanks for the time to share it. My pleasure. Let's talk just briefly about uh, Welcome House, what its program is. You landed there about eight and a half years ago. Then Mm -hmm. now you're the CEO. So give us that, that. And then I want us to get into... You know, talking a little bit about recovery and spirituality. Sure, sure. Yeah, give us just a window into Welcome House. Sure. You know, um, f- first of all, um, yeah, I had no plan to work in nonprofit, and I and I had no plan to work in recovery. Um, I had no plan to be an alcoholic or an addict. You know, um, it's funny just how things happen. You know, we. Uh, what I've come to understand is that God is driving my life. You know, I am not. And, you know, what I do today is try to be able to understand and have the courage and the strength to do God's will, whatever that is, every day, you know. So I didn't plan this. Um, I think. God did, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, Welcome House is a 501c3 nonprofit. We're a residential sober living recovery program for adult men in Kansas City, okay? Um, we're a program that is founded on, based in the 12 steps and the principles of uh, the 12 step programs. Uh, but we're not those programs. We practice those things. It's just a small part, an important small part um, of our program. But on top of that, we provide peer and professional support, really case management to some degree, um, if you will, Um for men on their journey to sobriety and long-term recovery, it's a nine-month program by design. You can't stay at Welcome House more than 12 months, and very few people stay beyond nine months, quite frankly, based on the way that we've structured the program. Um, but it's a, it's a program based on accountability and responsibility. You know, guys, to be accepted, they have to acknowledge the issue that they have, the substance use disorder that they have and the issues that they're having. Um, they've got to be honest with us and the staff. Um, you know, they've got to be willing to follow the rules of the program, follow the residency and sort of house rules, if you will. Um, they've got to, um, find and maintain full-time employment. They've got to pay a program fee that breaks down daily to $24, um, and it's all inclusive. So three meals a day, all of the programmatic components, your room, board. Um, and if they're willing to do that and we have a bed space and we believe that they're sincere, um, we'll give a person a shot. So it, it's a very unique in a lot of ways. Um, and, and 
invaluable uh, safety net organization for Kansas City. Last year, we served 535 men, um, 500 or so the year before that. I mean, our our service numbers and demand have been pre-COVID. Obviously, right. COVID has thrown a bit of a wrench in that for 2020, um, but not just for us, for every other organization out there. Um, you know, but... So, um, you know, somebody comes in and if they're willing to follow the rules and participate, it requires, you know, recovery meeting attendance, requires sponsorship. Um, we've got some ancillary or um, supporting programs, uh, Welcome House University, which is, you know, rehabilitative and educational content. Some is required, some is voluntary. Right. Uh, we have a rehabilitative jobs program. So um, in that program, we hire and employ um, a certain number of varying, it depends on the time of men that are currently in the program. So for short-term opportunities, you know, three to six to nine months, work in the kitchen, work the front desk, be a driver, et cetera. Um, we also have relationships with employers out in the community that hire our guys. We've got a couple 15 passenger vans so we can help with transport, you know, not a lot of our guys have vehicles or driver's licenses, right. as you can imagine. Yep. Um, so, but, but at the core, you know, at the core um, of the program is sort of this personal accountability and responsibility um, component, you know, what we ask the guys to pay their daily program fee mm -hmm. um, equals a, about a third of the cost for us to have them in the program. So um, we subsidize, we, you know, our part of that is to provide the program and then to go out and fundraise the other two thirds of the right. cost to have a person in the program, which we happily do, mm -hmm. um, you know, but their part is to follow the rules and be active and accountable in their own recovery process. Yeah. You know, we, we're not going to just, we, we will extend our hand and we will do whatever we can to assist an individual who's sincere and wants our help. What we won't do is work harder on that person's sobriety and recovery than they're willing to work. Right. You know, and so a lot of the programmatic components are really, you know, a, they're beneficial to the recovery process period. Okay. So working, um, or, um, contributing to the welcome house community, working and contributing a program fee um, is good for a person's self-esteem. It helps get them back into a normal daily schedule. You know, when I got to the welcome house, I didn't do anything on anybody's schedule except my own. And that one was driven by drugs and alcohol, you know, so there was nothing normal about my life when I got to the welcome house and it was a process you know, the first job I had in sobriety was part-time maintenance man at the welcome house. I don't know. I, you know, when I, when I look back at that and I go, I don't, well, I, I'm not handy. You know, I don't <laughs> do maintenance stuff. Like I don't, how could they, but you know what? That's the job that they gave me. And I got up and I did it every day and I, and I loved it. Getting structure. Back you know, I loved it. it. You know, the stuff that that gave me, um, beyond just the, the meager sort of room and board credit financial reward stuff was so much more important, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. much more important. Yeah. So that's the, you know, that's the program. Um, right. And it's a tremendous service to Kansas City.
Right. You know? Yeah. So we met a little, over a year ago and about a year ago, you had asked me to start teaching a class yeah. on spirituality and recovery. Mm-hmm. And I was in recovery myself mm-hmm. pretty early mm-hmm. in, in it. <clears throat> we're so still I, we're still both fairly early. Exactly, right? Because I've met people. Eight and a half years for me is early. Right? You know? 30, 40 years yeah, I've met it's early. these guys. Exactly. But you asked me to, to do this class and, you know, I'd been a pastor and knew my life had kind of fallen apart. And so I remember thinking, man, I don't even feel qualified to teach anything right now. I think I even said something like that to you. I think that's right. And you, you still like, yeah, you'll do fine. And so I thought, okay. And I, I really thought it's probably be good for me because I, I was trying to re-engage my own spirituality that really had felt, um, I, 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 it had been shaken to the core. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had in some ways shattered my faith, that kind of thing. But one of the things I remember that you mentioned to me was that a lot of the guys that come to the welcome house and I, and since then I've read the big book and mm-hmm. about 50% of the guys that come to 12 step or welcome house are atheist or agnostic. So like in the big book, you have this whole chapter mm-hmm. written to the agnostic. Right. And I remember you telling me, so I want you to teach spirituality and recovery, but from a broad perspective, not, not even like really using Jesus or the Bible. Now I'm a Jesus Bible guy, right? That's what I've done my whole life is taught mm-hmm. Jesus and the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I actually took it as a challenge. I, I thought, oh, well, this would be good for me to press into other areas of spirituality. And, um, and I was new to the higher power, sort of that broader approach to spirituality. And so I put together a curriculum, presented it to... Uh, your program manager and started teaching this class and actually really enjoyed it really enjoyed getting to know the guys there really enjoyed talking about spirituality from this broader perspective. What was interesting was the Christian guys that were in the group started like trying to get me to do the Jesus thing because, (laughs) (laughs) because uh, I think they were wondering if I was like, like into the Bible and Jesus, because I was doing this broad approach. It was kind of interesting, but but for the guys that that had, you know, like they didn't like the church, they didn't want to hear the Bible. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they were gone if you push that too hard. Sure, right. right. Um, it was interesting to see that 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 spiritual peace and see guys take small steps in spirituality in any way they could mm-hmm. find room for it in their life. And I talk about that a little bit because your own. Mm-hmm. spirituality has developed over the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had some resistance to your Christian upbringing, if I understand right. you correctly. And, yeah. and, and yet you understand the importance of spirituality for recovery. So and t- I, re- I resented some of that upbringing right, right. all the way to the bitter end, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Talk to us about that. A bit. Well, I, it, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I, um, you know, I, uh, some of it seems a little bit ridiculous to me. And had I not lived it and I not really genuinely had the feelings, it, it might seem ridiculous to, to hear somebody describe it or to talk about it. But I, and it, and it, and my impression and my feeling and my experience with it is so not what was intended. 
Okay. But I, you know, I have the most amazing family really, but certainly parents and they, you know, they are of a very conservative Christian faith. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was into all kinds of stuff, sports and, and, uh, you know, other things. And I would, you know, I started to sort of, and, and early on when I was a young, young person, that didn't bother me at all. In fact, I liked it, you know, and they have, you know, groups that are, you know, like the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts, for example, albeit their faith-based version of that. Mm-hmm. And we did great things, amazing things. And there, we were part of this, you know, church family and community wherever we went. And, you know, I'm not a big, let's go to church guy, but I mean, you know, but, but the reality of it is a lot of that stuff was fun. It was great. And there was certainly nothing bad about it. But I kept, you know, as I got older, I started to bump into these issues, you know, like, well, I want to, I want to play this or do this sport. And well, you can't do that because it's, it's on, they play on the Sabbath. Like what? So what? You know, like, you can't tell me God doesn't want me to do this. You know, like, I don't get that. You know, and so I had some of these crazy kinds of um, sort of conflicting interests related to it. And when I didn't get answers to my satisfaction, I just started writing the whole thing off. Right. You know, I don't believe that. Rules that I don't think make this sense. Is, right. You can't, that's not a valid reason, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and that, and that really did, you know, that was about probably 13, 14, you know, where that stuff started for me. And I'm, I basically went exit stage right and didn't look back and, um, and, you know, was not necessarily the nicest guy about it either. You know, I made sure everybody knew me, you know, everybody knew exactly what my feeling was about any related issue (laughs) at any family (laughs) gathering or social event, you know, like, I mean, it just, you know, I was kind of the jerk in that sense, um, in a lot of ways. And, but, you know, it, I, but I associated, I didn't, um, that was a very naive perspective looking back on it. Um, and you know, I didn't understand the difference between religion and spirituality. I also couldn't separate guidance and direction from my parents that was just generally valuable from religious dogma or being driven by their faith. And so, needless to say, that did not serve me well. Um, you know, and by the time I got through Welcome House and into recovery, it was, you know, a year or a year and a half or two years into it. You know, my parents were amazing too, because while they had gotten to this place where they were loving me from a distance, arm's length, if you will, um, you know, they, their full and complete support and help, you know, just sort of came flooding back Mm. once they noticed a change, Interesting, you know, in me and what my dad and my dad and I have had the conversation, you know, um, AA, the 12 step programs brought me back to God. Yes. And that is the simplest um, and most direct way to, to describe that. But I will tell you, if I had walked into the welcome house or if I had walked into an AA meeting and a requirement of the program 
was in any way, shape, or form associated with some religion, I would be dead or in prison today. Right. You're out. I would be dead or in prison today. Because you wouldn't have bought Probably dead. You know, oh, I, there, because of my, because of where my mind was at and because of my experience with religion, mm-hmm. um, had that been a requirement, the programs would not have been accessible to me. Right. Man, I've heard that story over Thank and over. Thank God <laughs> it wasn't a requirement. Thank yeah. God it was not right. a requirement. Right. You know, and that's why, you know, when I'm asking you to teach that class, I'm doing that because while we are open to all faiths and denominations at Welcome House, um, in fact, for the guys that come into the program and they start talking to me about Jesus Christ and their Christian faith and they, and they're, you know, you see these guys, right? They really don't want to do the 12 step stuff because Jesus Christ is going to save them. Right. 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 And I just say to them, that's fantastic. They're not mutually exclusive. In fact, they work better together. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. They work better together because, and and this isn't a slam on religion, but the number of guys that I see do that and just fail miserably is pretty high. Pretty high. Yeah. It's pretty high. Yeah. You know, there's something about the 12 step programs um, and, and the way that they are designed and presented and allowed to be absorbed and practiced, even just the speed, for example. And you know, at the Welcome House program, when you run an 80 bed sober living recovery program for adult men, you can't just say, oh, you relapsed last night. No worries. Come on back in today. You, d- you just can't do that. Okay. But with the 12-step programs, I mean, I can go to a meeting tonight. And if I happen to have a drink tonight, I can come back again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if the same thing happens again, the next day I can do it all over again. And you see this in right. people trying to get to this exactly. place, you know. And so it's that it's sort of that ability to softly embrace to to develop an understanding Mm -hmm. of what your higher power is of spirituality through the working of the steps and the interactions with other folks who have found that for themselves Mm -hmm. that just allows this thing to sort of the plead the seed gets planted and then it's allowed you know the plants allowed to just grow and then flower Right. You know, and that's, and it's an amazing thing and no one shoves it down your throat. Right. You know, I've watched it and it is amazing Mm -hmm. and God's at work in it. Oh yeah. All over the place. Mm -hmm. It's just fascinating. So you mentioned something that, um, I hear a lot in, in the 12 step world and recovery world is, is this spiritual, not religious. Mm -hmm. And you said this, Mm -hmm. Give us your perspective of what the difference between those two is, and then tell us sure. why spirituality is so critical for recovery. Oh, um, well, for me, and and again, a lot of this is based on my experience, my personal experience. You know, I, um, you know, you you've mentioned Jesus Christ, for example, um, and Christianity, and there are varying religious denominations, um, within that faith, you know, um, that's religion, meaning, you know, when you, 
I was raised in a faith that sort of required acceptance of their practices and beliefs. Okay. Um, that's, that's religion. It wasn't about God. It wasn't about, you know, it was about Jesus Christ and their determined whatever. Right. Like a, like okay. a statement of faith, yeah. a whole list of things. We believe this, 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 yeah. this, 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 yeah. this. Well, use the sports, and, for example, and, and the practicing practice of this, the Sabbath. This, this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's their thing. That's what they do. Right. Nothing wrong with it. Right. So, but if you're one of those, you know, members that's unique to them or a subset, but Mm -hmm. including them, and that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Had nothing to do with God. So, give us what what you think of as spirituality and how that's, you know, spirituality for me is is the understanding and acceptance of a power greater than myself that I choose to call God because that's the easiest and most understandable term that is in, that is at play or involved in my life and cares about me and the world in general. Okay. Um, and my place in that world. You know, so I, for example, something I learned in, in the program is I did my drill this morning, like I do, you know, I've got little kids, so it's for the most part every day and some, but sometimes it's later in the afternoon when I realize I didn't do it this morning kind of thing. But, you know, it was to pray and to read some literature from the program, kind of a devotional, try Mm -hmm. to be, you know, it was my communication with my higher power. Right you know, that sort of, I used to level set my day from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, for me, that's a very important practice. The acceptance, the understanding, the bowing to, if you will, to a power greater than myself, the, the, the open acknowledgement, the acknowledgement, the outward acknowledgement that I am not in control. Right. Surrender. Surrender. Right. And that there's a plan yeah. and there's a will of this higher power. And that if we're in sync, things would be great. That's good. And, and That's what good. I, what I believe should be part of being in sync is not always right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I can relate to that. I mean, I've been wondering for a long time why my higher power doesn't want me to win the lottery. It would be so much easier if he just Mm -hmm. wanted me to win the lottery. You know, I mean that, you know, but the point is, is it's understanding that I am this small sort of ununique, unfantastic component in this broader framework, right? That is understood and driven by my higher power. And it's not about Jamie and Jamie doesn't control the world, you know, and that, you know, for any alcoholic or ad or addict, 
um, I don't want to say any, but I mean, for a large percentage of, you know, this idea that we're, you know, the game master moving all the pieces on the puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, that drives a lot of our frustration and issue. If only I can get you to do X, Y, or Z, life would be so much better, right? How do I do that? Yeah. If only I had X, Y, or Z, right? all my problems would go away. You know, well, you can't do all of those things. So what do you do instead? You change how you feel about it. Right? Yeah. You know, so spirituality for me is being in a place where none of that stuff happens. So that that surrender component, Mm -hmm. giving up on your your own ability to control your alcoholism, control your life, control everything, that coming to that place of surrender to something greater. I didn't loving and caring. Yeah. Let me let me give you another example. That, I didn't I didn't have one of the, you know, you hear in the 12 step programs, you know, some people have sort of that burning bush spiritual mm-hmm. example or experience. I didn't have that. Okay. What I had was a realization and an understanding when asked by my sponsor, you know, about six to nine months in, somewhere in that frame, seven months, eight months, something like that. Um, when's the last time you thought about drinking? And I couldn't remember. That's a good day. I couldn't remember. Are you kidding? That I almost, I mean, that, that experience was just so amazing to me. And it was the surrender. It was the acceptance. But it was also, I believe, this pursuit of trying to understand and, the, and to do to the best of my ability what I believed my higher power's will for me was. Mm-hmm. That was the pursuit. Right. That, that was the focus of every day. Mm. Help me understand and give me the courage and strength to do your will today. Good. Yeah, that's... And it wasn't burning bush. It wasn't overnight. But but then it became, you know, sort of surprisingly and blatantly obvious. Something's happening because I can't remember the last time I thought about drinking or doing a drug. That's good. Good stuff. Well, it's powerful. It's 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 been fun for me to just listen to stories, right? Over this last year plus, I've just listened to hundreds of stories, right? And even even the guys and gals that come into this thing like anti God, anti religion, anti whatever. Um, at some point, if they stick with it, it seems like something starts clicking right mm-hmm. that surrender peace um, that spirituality that comes in however they find it it starts emerging it seems like to me people uh, people find that experience of of life change through however they define that higher power it's mm-hmm. it's been a powerful thing to watch mm-hmm. and it's been powerful to see how god just moves in these little circles when people just start sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know some of the guys that I talk to, like in, even in welcome house for them, 
they started with just the group. These guys are bigger than me and Mm -hmm. they love me and care for me right now. Mm -hmm. So this is my, this community, this group is my higher power right now. Mm -hmm. That's it, you know, but they start there and that it, it just seems like that crack, that open, that open heart to something spiritual begins a a transformative process. It's it's amazing. The 12 step programs do and their approach and, and, you know, sort of to the same point I was making earlier around, you know, being able to sort of softly, you know, embrace the, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know a whole lot of alcoholics or addicts. I can certainly only speak for myself, but I, but I, I don't know a whole lot of alcoholics or addicts who, who would ever say, you know what? I like taking direction. (laughs) I like people telling me what to do. You know, yeah. and, and if you think about the 12 steps and even the 12 steps are presented as a suggestion, mm-hmm. you know, um, and this whole, you know, higher power thing, you know, it's like, it's like they, you know, the, you know, Dr. Bob and Bill W, they, you know, they, and the early folks are sitting around going, how can we, you know, it's almost like you can tell they're alcoholics or, an, or addicts because they're, they're, they're addressing the issue so that the issue doesn't become an issue. Well, okay. So, but what if we tell them they can decide who their higher power is? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because an alcoholic or an addict comes in going, right. I'm not going to. And then they yeah. say, well, that's okay. You can decide. That's perfect. And then they go, oh, okay. It's a brilliant, <laughs> it's a brilliant it's stroke. Brilliant. Could you imagine it would yeah. ruin the whole, it's this thing's 80, AA's 85 years. Yeah. Uh, in July, 2020 was mm-hmm. the 85th year of AA. There's over a hundred thousand AA groups worldwide now. Yeah. And just that little stroke of brilliance. It's brilliant. Open the program up to everybody. Right. It's brilliant. And it gives hope to everybody. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming. This has been a great talk. And I know um, people are interested in this. Think about this. What what can people do? Mike, some people might be interested in the Welcome House, connecting with the Shh, Welcome House. Sure. Some people uh, might have a family member or friend or something they think needs the welcome house. Yeah. I mean, help help people just give a brief moment. Well, they can go to our connect. Yeah. They can go to our website, welcomehousekc.org. It's got a description of our program and organization and opportunities to get involved. Um, You know, we, uh, our program is um, for men only 21 years and older. Um, who are, who acknowledge and are willing to, um, wanting to get help for substance use disorder and alcoholism. Um, don't have to have anything, you know? So, um, the, the first, you know, way to get involved would be to get on the website and look at the program and the eligibility requirements and that information. It's all there. There's an application you can fill out online. And then anybody interested in actually participating in the program will come down and meet with one of our recovery support professionals um, for an in-person interview. I think they may be doing some of them via Zoom now. Um, The biggest issue for us right this, you know, period of time with COVID is that we're having to limit and sort of structure our admissions. Um, We used to do admissions seven days a week, you know, 365 days a year. Uh, We operated at capacity and frequently on a wait list. 
Now, because of COVID, we're operating at a little bit over 50% capacity, but that's because we've had to create two quarantine spaces within the facility. Um, We have only had one positive documented case of COVID at Welcome House that's in our past now. Um, The residents have been tested multiple times, and after that positive case was identified through a procedure that person had scheduled and it was just part of the process to get tested. He was asymptomatic. Um, he was isolated and there were no additional positive tests. We were, we tested the whole house again. So, um, but because of that, we've had to do some, some stuff that we, that, that, you know, is different from our traditional way of operating. And so I'm only saying that because you might get a phone call that says, Hey, your, your loved one, or you may want to come into the program today in the old world that might've happened in the new world. Um, there'll be some steps to that process and it may take a few days to get to the admission date. Mm-hmm. You know, we're admitting up to eight guys a week, but on specific days. You know, okay. so, um, and they go into quarantine for 14 days at the house, um, unless they're coming from a documented quarantined environment. Um, and we do get some of those, you know, so, okay. but, um, or if they have the ability to get some sort of a rapid test and show that mm-hmm. they're negative from, you know, that day or whatever. And we had a few that have been able to do that, but so, gotcha. but that's the, you know, we welcome you know, certainly any guy that would like our help. And then from a support perspective, you know, we hold a couple of fundraising events every year, a big breakfast um, at the Overland Park Convention Center and a golf tournament. Um, We've got great sponsors and supporters like Advent Health. And, um, you know, um, we welcome all those kinds of opportunities, you know, for people to contribute. And then to your point, we, you know, we need instructors for our Welcome House University courses. If you're a knowledge expert in a space and you think that information might be beneficial, you know, give us a call and let's talk about what, what a class might look like. If you want to be a meeting leader, you know, we hold uh, three meetings a day at a minimum at Welcome House um, within the 12 step groups. And so um, we love outside meeting leaders and lay counselors or recovery coaches, people to come in and talk and work with our guys. So there's a lot of ways to get involved okay. uh, at Welcome House. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. It was great. I thank enjoyed you. the conversation and I'm very grateful that our paths crossed and, Me too. and have uh, come to know you as a friend and really appreciate it. So thanks everybody for tuning in and connecting with us on Spirituality Adventures. Uh, We'll be doing some more podcasts that will involve interviews. This first topic we're doing a few weeks on recovery and spirituality. So have a great day. God bless you. And we'll see you next time.